Welcome to the Northgate Church Podcast from the heart of Chester in the UK. Today we're going to be continuing our uh, series through John. And before I do start though, I'd just like to highlight um, a couple of weeks ago, guys shared a word um, about the light and life that Jesus brings us. I haven't put it online yet, I'm sorry, it was on my list of things to do, but I do want to, and we will get it up, um, because it was a really good word where he, he talked about the need to take hold and that word appropriate, I remember that guy, um, as there should be no other light or life source other than obviously Jesus. And I think really, really important word that would be good to listen to again. And also if you were here during that meeting, Sheila also um, shared a bit of a, a, a prophecy, if you like, um, and talked about the four key areas in our own lives that we need to control. Um, she's emailed that over to me, so we'll send that out um, this coming week as well as part of the letter um, so that you can have a reread of that. I think it'd be really important um, to take hold of that. So please, if you don't get the newsletter um, from church sent to you, then please do uh, get in contact and we can get it out to you um, or add you to the mailing list if that's something um, that'd be really good. So, as I mentioned, we're going to be um, unpicking John 10 this morning. I've asked Alex to come up um, and read, if possible, please. Um, we're going to start at verse 1 and end at about verse 20, 21. So perhaps you could just uh, turn to it in your Bibles if you've got it, either electronically or paper form, if you prefer, um, while Alex reads. I'll also try and get it up on there as well as a click-through. So. Ooh, that was close. The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than go through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognise his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. 
No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Thanks, Alex. So, this morning, this passage is obviously all about shepherds. That's it. No, not really. So, obviously, here we've got um, a passage to say all about shepherds. 30 seconds. You may not know, by the way, I forgot, I'm a primary school teacher. So, I do quite like the odd 30 seconds. And as you may know or don't know, 30 seconds for a teacher can be that long or it can be that long. So, I'm going to give you 30 seconds on your tables. What image enters your head when I say the word shepherd? Okay, go. 30 seconds. Okay, there we go. 30 seconds up. Anyone like to just shout out, share any images that come into your head when I say the word shepherd? Sheep. Thank you. There's one. Oh, you've been on my notes again, haven't you? <laughs> Look at that. We'll come to that perfect. I'm going to pick up on that. I like that one. Thank you. Anything else? Pardon? Quad bikes. Yeah, the modern shepherd, as we say. Quad bikes zooming around. Tea towel on the head with the nativity. Yeah. So as we say, normally, as we shared there, we see a man, look at that, with a whistle, herding his sheep from behind. We also see the primary school people, don't we? Okay. So here we've got that Western shepherd, obviously herding the sheep from behind, obviously. Uh, often, sorry, um, maybe ushering them into the lush green grass in another pen or something like that. Or as we see here, the um, primary school children with tea towels wrapped around their head, often with a foam staff, if you like, that they're pretending to lean on, or, in my case, normally on a Christmas play, bending, flicking, pointing towards the adult that's in the audience, or just throwing it on the floor and giving their parent or carer a big wave. Um, or maybe that's just the Christmas plays that I <laughs> try and be involved in. But these Im- images, as was shared earlier are very different from uh, the Eastern shepherd that we're talking about in these passages. You see, the Eastern shepherds herded the sheep back then in a very different way. Rather than chasing from behind, maybe with that foam staff, they actually led them from the front. And this, for me, starts to begin to paint a very different picture of how Jesus is described as a shepherd He isn't someone maybe bringing up the rear of the sheep, pushing people or the herd, if you like, forward, but actually at the front, leading the way. And I think that sometimes we can, you know, we know, as I put up on the screen there, Jesus talked about, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we often read that and think, yep, I know that, it's in here. And most of us know it, and it's in our heart as well. But sometimes, I think it kind of just slips And we forget, as um, Steve shared earlier, just how significant that moment on the cross was. 
and that Jesus wants to be in relationship with us, with me, with you, always, and he wants to lead you and me and everyone into life, not from behind, but leading the way. So this morning I just want to um, think about three almost different pictures. The first image um, links from verse 11, where it talks about, I am the good shepherd. Now, when I read this again and again, I was thinking, what part is it? And for me, it's not just a good shepherd, but it's the good shepherd. So again, 20 seconds on your tables. What do we think the difference between a good shepherd and the good shepherd might be? Please don't get technical with it. But just what do you think it might be? 20 seconds, go. I can tell Jenny's on this with her spelling, punctuation and grammar from primary school. Go on, any thoughts? The good shepherd or a good shepherd? Go on, Andy, I can tell. The best? Okay, the best shepherd, nice. There's only one. Good, I think, was that what was going to come? Anyone else? Good, yeah, not any old shepherd, but that shepherd. And those points there are really important. Like I said, I don't want to get too technical. We could get into the determiners and all of that, but actually, I'm going to leave that in primary school now. Um, But as we say, it is all to do with the good shepherd, just referring not to any old shepherd, if you like, but Jesus being the one and only, like we talked about before. And again, this may seem obvious, But sometimes I think these small words, when we know a passage, can sometimes be overlooked, if you like. And the meaning of it not just being a good shepherd, but the good shepherd is really important. He doesn't say, I am a good shepherd, and then, oh, by the way, there's a few more over there that are also good. It's really clear that he states, I am the good shepherd, and as we said, the one and only This element is also highlighted in verse 12 and 13 where Jesus explains about the hired man as it says up on the screen. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. And again, in this um, couple of verses here, we see how Jesus highlights how a a good shepherd, if you like, almost starts off with those really good intentions, um, cares for the flock by being on the lookout, but then as soon as the danger comes, they're off. This shepherd is only in it for the money. No deeper relationship or no deeper care for the sheep, just surface level, if you like. The message translation, I really liked it. It says, A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep mean nothing to him. He's only in it for the money. The sheep don't matter to him. And for me, I thought that they don't matter. There's not, it, it highlights that Jesus is the only shepherd that is important and the only shepherd. And in um, Matthew Henry, in his commentary, he says, Jesus Christ is the best of shepherds, the best in the world to take the oversight of souls, none so skillful, so faithful, so tender as he, 
no such feeder and leader, no such protector and healer of souls as he. And I thought, you know what, he's summed that up there and that's why he's so good. But I just thought, yeah, that just paints that picture of Jesus as the good shepherd, the one and only. The second image this morning that I wanted us to to um, explore a little bit about, was based on verses 7 to 9. What image does Jesus paint maybe in our mind here? Anyone? What picture do you think I'm getting at? It's not a trick question. Yay, thanks Andy. Oh, look, (laughs) the gate, you get 10 points. It says, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. And here again we read about how Jesus is the only way by which we can become part of the people of God, like the the flock of Jesus, if you like. And the author of Psalm 118 also highlights this when they say, This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. Now, when reading these verses, um, often we always think of uh, a gate, they, um, they obviously shut and, and can open. Um, and the metaphor can often be linked to maybe like a, an exclusion, because gates can keep things out. Whereas, when I was thinking of it, I, I don't want us to almost get trapped into the idea that um, the, the gates are, are, are permanently shut and, and creating that exclusion if you like because in the um when was it in in john 9 earlier uh, at the end of that chapter the pharisees they expelled the blind man from the temple they weren't happy that he he said jesus was a prophet and that he healed him especially on the sabbath as well and often we can think about almost ourselves being in the fold and the true sheep and other people as outsiders and I don't, personally, I don't think that Jesus was, was getting at that in this. I think the purpose of the gate in, in this is to protect the sheep um, and those that are inside it. Um, and in verse 16, there we go, it, Jesus even uh, mentioned, he says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to hear my voice. So there'll be one flock and one shepherd. So the purpose of the gate in this passage is to guard against all uh, threats, if you like, threatens the well-being of the sheep, so the people of God, the thieves, maybe the bandits, the wolves that it talked about earlier. The gate and the shepherd are, are working together, if you like, for the good and the safety of the sheep, um, those inside. The third and and final image this morning um, that I want to just go towards is linking back to that notion of the other flock. And in verse 16 it says, I have other sheep too and they are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now we've already, already identified that one shepherd obviously being Jesus and the shepherd. But here we see that Jesus um, in this time was highlighting about the Gentiles who were not yet part of this um, fold. And although this was applying and thinking broadly in the the terms of Jews and Gentiles being united, I felt that 
we could also apply it to our own lives and, and our church this morning. That you may know people that are maybe not part of the fold, if you like. Maybe they uh, were following Christ and having that relationship and maybe don't anymore. Or maybe they might be people that uh, you know of that have never started or entered into that relationship, um, haven't made that commitment. Jesus, like I said earlier, wants a relationship with all of us. And if you know people later um, on this morning, we might... uh, have a time just to be able to pray yourselves for those people that you know as part of one of the sort of angles, if you like. So we had those three different parts. Just before I come to, towards the end and look at those three things and maybe how we can practically apply that, I just want to finish this morning by looking at verse 19. Um, last time I spoke, I, I sort of ran out of time a little bit to look at um, a similar verse in the other chapter that I talked about. Um, where the people in chapter 7, when the people were divided, when Jesus um, proclaimed at the temple last time we looked at that. And the same thing happens here at the end of this chapter. At the end of the passage, we see that the crowds were divided. They literally heard Jesus uh, speak, not only tell them, but also, you know, he said, I will explain, didn't he? He literally spelt it out for them, if you like. But they were still divided And that made me think a little bit about, obviously, us here and and that almost our mindset can kind of sometimes be that we we may feel, or maybe it's just me, we're not like them. If, If I was asked, I can say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus and we feel that we wouldn't um, deny that, if you like. But sometimes it could be how and what we say and do maybe during the week or how we say and interact with others that is actually uh, painting more of a picture of what we're like in our relationship with, with Jesus. Um, when, I, when I looked at this, and, and, and that kind of fed into, sorry, that, that was still going on in my head where that was going, um, that fed into like the dividing um, that we are believers, that maybe they weren't here, but we're believers, but we don't always show it, if you like, and through our, through our actions. Um, when I read this part in the Amplified Version, these passages, it puts it like this, and it says, starting at verse 24, So the Jews surrounded him and began saying to him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are, really, the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, tell us so plainly and openly. And Jesus answered them, I have told you, Yet you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify concerning me. They, excuse me, they are my credentials and the evidence declaring who I am. But you do not believe me, so you do not trust and follow me, because you are not my sheep. The sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never, ever, by any means, perish and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. This middle part where it says, the works that I do in my Father's name testify concerning me. They are, and then in the brackets, they are my credentials and the evidence declaring who I am. Yet some still didn't believe. And like I said, I guess sometimes we can say I believe, and it's often for us here, it's not about that we don't believe, it's about how our actions show whether we are following or denying Christ maybe through what we say or do sometimes. And again, 
I'm not condemning by any stretch here. I'm just trying to point us back um, to, to Christ. So just to draw this morning to a bit of a close, we've seen in this passage that maybe um, you thought about a few different uh, perspectives or angles, if you like, of where it could come from. Um, and I hope ultimately that this morning some of the words that I've shared have, have just prompted or, or made you think about a few things and, and struck a little chord. So the three things this morning that I just want to finish off by saying, the first one is Jesus as the good shepherd. He isn't like, like we talked about, the hired shepherd who just is in it for the money, if you like. Jesus is all about you and your heart. He wants that deeper, deeper relationship with you. And if that's you this morning, you're thinking, do you know what? I just need to maybe step into that a little bit more. Then I would encourage you to think about this over the next few minutes. And anything that may be almost like preventing you from entering into that deeper relationship. Maybe it's a situation that you find yourself in that you're really struggling with, that's what you may need to give over to him. And again, if you want someone near you to pray with you, then seek them out and ask. If you're not comfortable, there'll be some of us here at the front. If you want to just come and ask us, we can pray with them for you. Maybe it's the second picture, the gatekeeper, that um, has sort of struck a bit of a chord with you. You've almost forgotten that he is protecting you uh, from harm, or maybe that you feel the gate is open um, and that things are coming into your life that you, that you don't want or that you know are not right, then maybe if that's you and you want him to kind of close it behind you, if you like, then pray into this when we have a little bit of time in a minute. And again, please do seek someone out if that's you. And the third and final part, um, you might be thinking of the other flock, those that maybe, like I talked about, were once living a life for Christ. They had that deep relationship. They were on fire, however phrasing we want to say it. And maybe they've, they've lost that. If you know of people, and we all know of people that that may apply to, maybe you could just spend the next few minutes thinking and praying for them. Or maybe it's someone that has never started that relationship with God that you know you just long for them to start that relationship. Again, if that's you, um, then you could just pray. If that strikes a chord with you, then, then pray for them during this time. And maybe pop a, a reminder on a phone or in a diary on a calendar, something like that, just to prompt you to jog your memory, to lift them up constantly in prayer. Prayer is like the powerfulest, one of the powerfulest weapons, along with God's word that we've got here. And we need to use it to, to pray for those people. And if you don't feel a strong sense of any of what I've shared or one of those three things, that's also fine. But like I said, maybe in the next few minutes, the, just pray for those people that don't know Christ. You know, we, yeah, I'm not going to say anymore. You know what to do. So yeah, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite maybe Alan, the worship team, if they're able to come back up. Um, and I think they're going to just play for a few minutes and then when Al feels the right time, it'll just lead us into a time of worship, um, maybe just as a final song and then we'll, we'll close the service there. But as I say, let's just pray before, um, before we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the power that it holds and I just pray that something that I've shared this morning has 
has been from you, Lord, and that people here have something that they can take hold of and, and think and mull over and ultimately pray about over the next few minutes and through the week and beyond. Father, we thank you for the power of your word and we thank you um, that we can read it so freely here in this country and I pray that we may just take hold of it and we may just use it throughout the week, Lord, to, to continue that deeper relationship with you this morning. And I just pray that this morning, if anyone is feeling far from you, if anyone is feeling that things are in the way from, from them having that deeper relationship with you, Lord, I just ask that you bring them back into that position where you are alongside them, Lord, and they can just come before you. So, Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. May your name be given all the praise, Lord, that, is, that it is due. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Northgate Church podcast. Find out more at northgate.org.uk or find us on social media by searching Northgate Church Chester.